Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today, my returning guest is Amanda Sowards. She's my friend. She's been on many times before. We always have a lot of fun, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week, kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. Now please enjoy my conversation with Amanda Sowards. Welcome back to the show, Amanda. Hi, thank you, Kimberly. Nice to be back. It's been a while. I know it has been. Um, I saw that you had another Amanda on your show, and I thought maybe I was like the old Amanda, and you just weren't going to have me on your show anymore. Because now you have Amanda West, and she's like a big star, and I'm not. (laughs) But the funny thing is, is today, when I was preparing the, you know, the Patreon and getting all your stuff organized, I don't know what happened to me, but your name, you know how like when names or words have no meaning? All of a sudden, uh-huh. I, I kept not understanding how your name was Amanda. It was like, how is her name Amanda? It was so weird. It was like not registering in my brain. It's so Kimberly, fucking weird. You're, you're scaring me. <laughs> no, but you know, it's like the words just like sometimes you say a word and it doesn't have any meaning anymore. Or and, you say it, yeah, over and over again yeah. until it doesn't have any meaning. Exactly. Right. So I, was, I am the OG Amanda, so let's just be clear about that. <laughs> oh, my God. But it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And, okay, I have a question. Now, we're going to go back and forth with politics and fun stuff and whatever. And I've already told you, you know, off mic, throw in whatever you want. So at any time, just jump in. But oh. my question here is... I'm I'm assuming you got the bivalent booster. I did get the bivalent booster. Yeah. So okay, my question. I know we don't have any. There's no recommendations on a second bivalent shot. But mm-hmm. I'm just curious because do you know if it lasts longer than four months? What, I mean, I think I got mine in September, August mm-hmm. or September. So that's four months. Right. Where what 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 happens now? <laughs> Um, that, you know, it's funny because I'm out of the study now. You know, as soon as oh, I got, okay, I got right. my bivalent booster, they didn't, like, the study didn't give me a bivalent booster. They're like, yeah, we're not doing that because we're about to end the study, mm-hmm. which ended in uh, September or October okay. officially. So I had to get it through Kaiser, and once I did that, I was out of the study. Mm. But um, I, so I don't, I'm not getting any uh, nags from Kaiser to get a booster. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty naggy about yeah. that because they don't want to pay for you to have COVID. They'd rather pay for you to come and get the shot. Right. Interesting. Um, and that, so that's all I'm hearing. Now, I am given understand they are working on a new uh, a new uh, variant. Boost, or there, there's a new variant around. Yeah, of course. And they're working on a booster for that. Okay. That's what I've heard, like, through the grapevine. Okay. And that just basically, like, through like Reuters and, you know, mm-hmm. AP and all that. But I haven't heard anything specific. So yeah. I'm imagining that if there's this new uh, variant that's supposed to be more contagious than the other. Awesome. Every every variant is supposed to be more exactly. contagious than the last. Um, but yeah, I'm imagining they'll work on a booster for that as well. I'm so, so, I'm so tired of this. You know, and I, I, I take more precaution than most. A lot mm-hmm. of people are just like, fuck it. We're just going to go do whatever. But... 
I don't want to because I'm so like there have been a couple of times where I think I have it and Mm -hmm. okay well if I get it I get it I mean I'm not gonna like whenever that's happened and whenever I think I have it I don't panic but mm-hmm. but what I don't want is I, I would love to be able to just not get it until they can fucking come up. I know they're working. I believe it's in Germany, although I might be wrong about the Germany part, but on an, a, a nasal spray that just prevents it entirely. That's right. only being tested on animals right now. We don't have anything for humans. Who knows how long that could take? Who long, you know, who knows if it'll ever even happen? But if there were something like that, I would, you know, like to make it till then because I don't want to have a heart attack. And I know that it's not an absolute and I don't know what the deal is. People who have had all their boosters, which I have, what are the odds? Does it, are the odds decreased? I would assume they're decreased, but I don't know. So, well, yeah, I mean, I would imagine here's the thing. There's a lot of, we all have always known mm-hmm. you've known this and we've always known this that with every vaccine, there's always going to be a breakthrough mm-hmm. um, yeah. until you reach, we have not yet reached herd immunity no. because we can't get everybody vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but there's always going to be a breakthrough chance of breakthrough infection. So mm-hmm. you've known a lot of people who've had COVID mm-hmm. who are still alive and aren't having long-term, yes. but it, you know, we have to really think back to this time two years ago mm-hmm. when, or, you know, maybe March two years ago mm-hmm. when people were literally, uh, Dying yeah. so much, there was no room in hot. Like the reason that I joined the uh, the the trials is because I got very sick in July. What it ended up being was a kidney infection, mm. but for four days I didn't know that because I was just a basic vague symptoms. Yeah. So and I had I had fever and I had and I went in and got tested. They they were like literally I put my symptoms. It was back in the day when they were like, oh, you want to get tested? Well four days from now we have a slot open mm-hmm. so i put my symptoms in and they um i put my symptoms in and they uh they were like oh, can you be here in an hour <laughs> wow <laughs> oh god that's bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i went in and got tested and then i went home and crawled into bed and was sick as a dog <sighs> for days <sighs> and i realized within a couple of days that it was a kidney infection but i lay in bed thinking worse still if I get sicker, mm-hmm. there's no hospital to go to. There's not a single mm-hmm. hospital bed in my vicinity that isn't stuffed with a COVID patient because Ugh. we were packed to the rafters. Yeah. We're not there anymore. No. Now, that's they're going through that in China now. Mm-hmm. Now China is going through all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and to look at what's going on there and compare it to where we were two and a half years ago, you have to know. I mean, China used their own vaccine. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, apparently it's not either as effective against the variants or whatever, but China's in a deep, deep distress right mm-hmm. now. And so that was where we were two and a half years mm-hmm. ago. So obviously the vaccine is having a tremendous yes. impact. I know countless people who are like, yeah, I've got COVID. And you know, people are like on the, the yeah, I've got COVID. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, oh, blah, blah. I'm going to be really <laughs> sick for a couple of days and then I'm going to get better, which is what you hope is going to happen. Yeah. You know, my daughter had COVID, my grandson had COVID. Um, he, you know, because he goes to school, he brought it home, mm-hmm. you know, Petri dish that is mm-hmm. uh, your average middle school. He brought it home to my daughter. She got sick. Uh, she was pretty sick. And um, so, uh, but she recovered. You know, she doesn't have any long-term effects. Um, yeah, but like my, my thing is like I'm afraid in 10 years 
something, you know, just, it'll do something to our brains or do something to our heart. And I don't know. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like an alarmist or be an alarmist, but that's one of the reasons I just would prefer to avoid getting it. And I know that there, there may come a time where I'm just unable to avoid it, you know, and I, and I'll get it. And I hope I don't, but, um, it just scares me, you know, and I feel like right. most people I know have had it. My mother, mm -hmm. Bob, and I haven't. Uh, I, my right. father and stepmother haven't, and they actually do a lot more than I do. I know they go to a gym, and I mean right. they don't do a lot, lot. You know, they're pretty and they're they're pretty cautious. It's right. just you know my dad is older and he needs exercise, and getting him mm -hmm. out to a gym is actually a good thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I I, I I wouldn't go to a gym, but I wouldn't go to a gym no matter the COVID situation. I fucking well, hate Well, and gyms. most of the people that I know that have had it have kids who are in school. Yes. So basically it's the kids, you know, uh -huh. kids in that Petri dish that is uh, your average public school or yeah. any school really that bring it home. And so if you're, since you and Bob don't have kids and you're not bringing like little, you know, yeah. virus shedding monsters into your house. <laughs> um, not that I don't love my grandson, but he is in fact a virus. Shedding of course monster. he is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that you're, you're a less dangerous than others so yeah. I, I think that I mean I I get where you're coming from and I have managed to avoid it all this time as well yeah and um, I was one of the earlier people vaccinated because we were the mm -hmm. trial participants who got the placebo were in the second wave of vaccines wow. to get our first shots so I got mine in Jan uh, my first shot in January of 2021 right which was pretty early yeah, um, of course, I still couldn't do anything because no one else was that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but at least you had out. that peace of mind. You know, you had the peace of <laughs> mind because I know I was probably um, a little overcautious. I, I was so obsessively cautious initially that I would if I went out into a building, any mm -hmm. building, mm -hmm. I would come home and immediately wash my hair. <laughs> well, you know, can I just tell you, my sister is very much the same way. My sister works in the hospitality industry. She's a bartender at hotels. Yeah. And she was, she uh, is, and she's in very good health, my sister. She has, uh, she has a chronic thyroid condition that she's had since she was nine. But by and large, my sister's in very good health. Mm -hmm. Now, she was, she is also upset, was obsessively uh, uh, I won't say obsessively, that sounds pathological and I don't mean it to sound that way, but she was very particular about, you know, following mandates, hand washing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. distancing, sanitizing, cleaning her house, uh, inviting people into the house. Like her roommate was constantly inviting his girlfriend who was out unmasked walking around. Mm -hmm. Now they live in Maui and Maui shut down very quickly. Yes. Um, so there was a lot fewer infections, but still, you know, you have to be cautious. And my yeah. sister was like going bananas because her, the, her roommate was, you know, bringing, bringing people to the house. Cause yeah. they, you know, they're young and they're mm -hmm. not as, uh, they're not as, they don't, have in a sense their own mortality right so um but my sister hasn't gotten it either hmm. uh or my my one sister in maui hasn't gotten it either but my other sister and her daughter both had it mm -hmm. um and they're fully recovered uh now and my <sighs> sister wasn't vaccinated really my, my my memphis sister was not vaccinated when she got it hmm. so uh and she but see this is the other thing about vaccination what happens when you're vaccinated and you're catching even if you're or other people are vaccinated around yeah. you is the viral load is lower lower so you're not being deluged yeah. with massive amounts of the virus. Yeah, and that all makes me feel a lot better. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, I mean, it, you know, it should and it shouldn't. I mean, right. I think if you're worried about getting it, I mean, I 
I have this weird sense of inevitability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> we all kind of do. At some point, I'm going to like, yeah. you know, I mean, every time I still, I get the sniffle. I get a mm-hmm. sniffle. Like, do I have a home testing kit? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a sniffle and it's like, hmm, yeah. you know, cold allergy or COVID. Exactly. Like well, COVID is always COVID. my first fear, but then. You know, I mean, it's like, I don't know, Some I, I don't understand the people who go, oh, I just have a cold. It's like, COVID is going around, maybe you might want to check <laughs> and not well, assume yeah, that it's just I've, a cold. <laughs> well, and also, even if you check with a home kit and you feel like you've got a, I mean, and you're sick, yeah. you can still get a false negative. Exactly. And so I, got, I, I really appreciate people who feel like they're getting a cold, but stay home anyway. Yeah. Um, or stay, out, you know away from people yeah. anyway just as a precaution because it shows that you're at least thinking about somebody else yeah um you know i mean you never know and also uh you know i don't know like i'm not i don't judge people who are very cautious and who take precautions and who are still masked because um i don't know what their situation is i don't know who exactly. they have at home yeah. i yeah. don't know if they're if they have a you know secondary condition that could could be a problem for them right um but uh, yeah, I mean, I've know I know that a lot of people that I know. I mean, there are some people that I know have gotten it that even though they've been very very sick, they've still recovered. Mm-hmm. And, and it, without the kind of you know uh, Alyssa Milano long term yeah you know effects that Nick. I mean, that was like that's long haul COVID. Mm-hmm. That's what I see when I, that's what I think when I see long haul COVID. Yeah. So you know, is that really bad infection? And then her hair starts starts falling yeah. out. You That's know, so scary. I have not seen a lot of that happening since we started really getting vaccinated and taken care of. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it, you know what everyone else is going through, but uh, yeah, I'm not as worried about it. I I uh, I do mask when I'm uh, mostly I mask at church because our our congregation tends to be older, and mm-hmm. I don't want to get anyone else sick. Yeah. If I'm carrying the virus, because you know, being vaccinated, I could be a carrier, mm-hmm. not have any um, mm-hmm. symptoms, and pass it on to someone Look else. Look at and you being all it. thoughtful and everything. <laughs> well, only at church, though. Only at church. Because <laughs> Jesus is watching. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But I do go, I mean, I do go a lot of places unmasked and I am uh, aware of it. Like I actually went, uh, when I went to, I went to Kaiser to get my bivalent shot, which I got my bivalent shot. I got my second shingles vaccine Mm -hmm. and I got a flu shot all in the same day. Wow. Did you have any, (laughs) how did you feel the next day? How did you feel the next day? The funny thing about it is when I got my first shingle shot, which is the only shot I got, I was sick as a dog for three days. Hmm. I was sicker than I ever was with any of the COVID vaccines. And then uh, that was why it kind of scared me to get the second shot. Mm-hmm. I actually was like, be prepared. I could be taking a sick day. Yeah. Uh, I got all three of those shots. I came home, and the only thing I had was a sore arm. Really? So, wow. Seriously. That was the first – that bivalent was the first shot I got where I had no side effects other than a sore arm. Yeah, I so just had – I felt sick in the morning, and I took some Advil, and I felt fine. Right. Well, you know, the, the – my personal, I am, I'm a big, enormous fan of vaccines. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, vaccinate me for everything. <laughs> I've got bad knees. I can't barely walk upstairs, but, but my immune system can bench press 200 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's all I care about is that my immune system can fight off anything. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, uh, I, I will get vaccinated for anything. I am trying to get now this pneumonia vaccine because I'm wow. old. I'm old AF and I'm, you're not, not that old, but okay. 
Well, I'm old enough. I'm old enough to to qualify for the shingles vaccine. So yeah, I think I am too. How old? Do you, how old is that? Um, actually, it depends on your insurance program. I okay. think they're setting it around fifty five. Okay. Between fifty five and sixty. All right. Well, and I'm fifty four. I'll be fifty five in July. Oh yeah. my God! I can't believe it. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll uh, be sixty five in November. So. Wow. All right, so let's switch switch it up a little bit because right now Mega Millions is at one point three five billion. Now, if someone were to win this and they were to take the lump sum, and then depending on where you live and your tax situation, you're gonna wind up with like a, about four hundred million dollars. That's like mm-hmm. take home after all the taxes and all that. Now it's so funny because I do play the lottery, but whenever it gets up to a billion. I get it's weird. I it's hard to describe this. It happened three this is the third time now in I don't know a few months that it's happened. Mm-hmm. And it, it it's so high that I in my mind it's almost like I don't take it seriously. I I don't even know that I would want that much money if I were to get that much money. Of course I would try to figure out what to do with it because I would use a huge fucking chunk to help, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, I would figure out different charities and things like that. But I mean it just it feels so overwhelming. I'm just wondering, like, I know that there's, like, Mega Millions fever and everything, but, like, first of all, how do you feel about it getting that high, and if it, like, would you want to win it, and if you did win it, how would you deal with it? Oh, hell yeah. I would definitely (laughs) want to win. Well, and here's the thing, because I have actually thought about this, because you know how when we were stuck with the pandemic, uh, stuck with the pandemic, um, like, basically going down to the, 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 store down at the corner was the only place we dared mm-hmm. venture mm-hmm. um but uh and that they did sell lotto tickets um uh i have already thought about this mm-hmm. i would totally create a family trust mm-hmm. set fund the family trust take care of both of my sisters their kids you know all the kids the oncoming future kids my daughter you know and as soon as they were they were set up, then mm-hmm. I would create a foundation, a yeah. charitable foundation. And I'm not even sure what the benefit would, I mean, you know, yeah. what I would benefit because right. there's so much to choose from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would have, like I said, I've already considered this because I would love to be able to make sure that my sisters don't have to mm-hmm. worry about their retirement, that my daughter doesn't have to worry about paying off her student loans, mm-hmm. that every, no, that both my niece and my grandson could go to college if they wanted to and not get any student loans, just have it paid for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I like to think about. Yeah. And then the rest of it goes into a charitable foundation of some sort, you know. I always feel like though, like winning 50 million seems, it's like the weird way my mind works. Like, okay, I can handle 50 million. That, not that I can handle it, but it's just like in my head. Like I can wrap my head around 50 million. It's very difficult to wrap my head around 400. I mean, obviously I would go get a financial advisor, a trusted one and do my research and do all that mm-hmm. stuff. But it's like, it just, it seems like such an overwhelming amount of money. And I guess if I were to win something like that, I'd get used to it and, and all that. I'd get well, used to thing, it. If you won a million, if you won a million, you'd still have people crawling out of the woodwork. Trying yes. To take it away from you. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like, um, I, I I can wrap my brain around any amount, any amount the universe chooses to give me. I am well. That's here a, that's and a good way to look at it. <laughs> okay, so then okay, this is funny now. Uh, I talked about this on my patrons only show, so pardon me for repeating, but I just think this is such a fucking fun idea for those of us who have a the time and b the inclination. 
But there was this woman back in the 1950s or 60s. I believe her name was Helene. And they call her the contest queen. She read the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. And so she, she, and, and I can't remember what the deal was, but there was some quote by the guy who wrote it and said something like, you can have anything you want. You just have to, something like you just have to visualize yourself having or whatever he said. So she reads this as a young kind of housewife and she believes it. She's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. So she says to her husband, there was some contest. And she's like, what do you want? What do you want to win or whatever? I can't remember what the deal was, but they entered a contest and he and they won. So this gave her the confidence. So drawing in a little bit of the law of assumption and, you know, intentional manifestation and all this, she had this belief that it was easy. And then I guess she went, she would, went on to win a ridiculous number of contests. She won a fully furnished house. And Mm -hmm. so she, she wrote a book and she told you how to do it. Of course, this was back in the day where you had to actually physically either write into a place or even do like a little jingle or something like that. Who, who writes the best jingle? So now there's a woman that is kind of taken out, like first what was, was mentored by Helene and now she's doing her own thing. And so I saw her interviewed and she was talking about, these days they have you know there's like everybody has a fucking contest hgtv coca-cola doritos whoever and so you you can go to these contest aggravators or aggravators aggregators Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you can actually choose you know gift cards cars houses beauty products stuff for your kitchen and so I started doing this and I'm going to do it. She, this, this woman advises taking like an hour out of your day. And again, you'd have to have the patience um, mm-hmm. and you'd have to want to do it. But it's pretty fucking easy, especially when these aggregators make it so simple for you. And then they, you know, you just choose what you want. You set up an, a separate email. This is so important because you don't want everybody, you know, crashing in on your email and they will. So you set up a separate email account just for this. And what I did was create a Google doc- document. Some of these contests you can enter daily. Some of them, you know, you can only enter once, whatever. So I'm just noting, putting, you know, n- noting how many times you can enter and where I've entered and everything. And I'm just determined. I, I, it's not even determined. It's just, I just feel like at some point I'm going to win something. And, you know, I'm, I'm going for $250 gift cards all the way up to a house. There's a house in Colorado. And it's like, I think now this was interesting and I'm curious how, what you would say about this, the house in Colorado, you get to either choose the house or I think it's like Mm $750,000. So do you know if you want a house, would you have, how soon before you would have to pay taxes on it? Because of course you'd want to sell it, right? You know, the, the story behind all the HGTV giveaways not one single person has been able to keep a house. Every single person has had to sell it for taxes. Yeah. So um, it's uh, – personally, I would take the cash and have them withhold. And the, the 750000 is probably going to be less than the value of the house. Like a lot of people who yeah. win the HGTV giveaway uh, giveaways – take stuff out of the house Mm -hmm. you know take some of the merchandise but they end up having to sell the property as a whole there's i don't think there's ever been one person who's been able to keep the house because it's too Um, expensive yeah because the taxes are too high yeah uh what you get taxed on that that's one of the reasons why uh the lotto for me is a bigger bet and why taking a single cash payout is a bigger bet because you only Mm -hmm. pay taxes once yeah they they withhold the taxes and it's found money so i mean why would you miss that you know right exactly um so um yeah 
winning merchandise can be a little bit tricky because you yeah. got to pay, gotta pay the, the value taxes. of the merchandise. Yeah, and my um, mom used to sell cars, and she said a lot of people would come in with cars they won to, mm-hmm. you know, return it or trade it in for, a, a, you know, a cheaper model or something like that. Right, that you did, that didn't wasn't taxed as high, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that for me, that's all the, uh, that you know, that's how I see it in, in terms of, uh, I mean, I think that the, the whole uh, co- contest aggregate website is cool because it also does test the theory of attra- the the theory of attraction mm-hmm. because if you've got that attitude and mm-hmm. you enter contests and you all I mean it's also a numbers game mm-hmm. you know you yeah. are probably bound at some to point win yeah at some point if you just keep doing it every day and you make it I mean of course there are certain days you'll be too busy or whatever but if you just put it in your calendar okay today I'm going to spend X amount of time I'm going to go through them and enter these and I'll always be adding new ones at some point you're going to win something and it doesn't mm-hmm. you know you have I mean literally I-, I won't enter I think there was like win a can of Pringles potato chips no thank you but you know if it's like a $150 gift card or something fuck it why not if all sure. I have to do is spend a few minutes a day you know putting my email address in Occasionally, they will ask you for your phone number, and and I've just decided I will give it because not everyone does, and I'm going to give it, and I'll just do the stop, you know, text stop or Mm -hmm. whatever if they start sending me stuff on my phone. But I just thought this was a fun idea, and, you know, and it's so funny because there are those people who will say, I never win anything, and it's like, oh, stop it. That is just some human bullshit thing we tell ourselves because we don't know what's going to happen today or tomorrow no matter how many times you've entered a contest no matter how many auditions you've been on no you know no matter what if you if you fail at 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 all of them up until today if you don't win if you don't book if you don't get it tomorrow you might get it and so it's just it's just the idea of you know the one thing that that woman helene said after she entered her first contest is, I wonder when they're going to get a hold of me. So basically now my mind is going, I wonder how much I'm going to win and I wonder when I'm going to find out. And that's just right. how I'm looking at it because I think it's fun and, you know, fuck it, why not? Well, so, and also, you know, the thing about, um, uh, I just lost my train of thought completely. <laughs> oh, the, there's a TikTok trend right now um, uh-huh. and you and I talked about these words before i think on previous shows or we've talked about it amongst ourselves i can't remember but there's a uh, there's a tiktok trend now where this one girl posted a tiktok and she says basically her philosophy has always been i'm very lucky and everything always works out for me and mm-hmm. she said and because i feel that way i mean i'm really very lucky and everything mm-hmm. actually does work <laughs> out for me so it's become a trend on tiktok now hmm. a lot of people will stitch that mm-hmm. and then say okay i'm changing my attitude now i'm very lucky mm-hmm. and everything always works out for me and it's funny because it, you can always tell the the doubters and the people who are like mm-hmm. if you know anything about like uh the law of attraction uh it's like you can tell the doubters because they're like, well, I'm really trying to be positive about this. I'm very lucky and everything. I'm like, no, for me. It's like, no, no. No. <laughs> it's a but process. There has to be a sense of entitlement. I mean, you have to really do mm-hmm. cultivate a certain sense of entitlement. And, and it's something, and I've been working on this basically since the end of 2019. And I've gone through all these different stages because I've, I have money and security. 
and I and I believe I figured out why. And and you know, it's 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 basically I was a child of divorce in the 70s. So I had a single right. mom who was, you know, we were never poor, but it was always we were broke. You know, right. we we could afford everything we needed, but we couldn't get all the cool fun stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, so having to, you know, having a mother and watching my mother, you know, working hard and really not making very much money. And, you know, and, and I saw that my father, of course, because he was a man and he was able to get a much better job, he had mm-hmm. more money than my mother had. And so in my little girl mind, I was like, oh, well, I can't have that. That's for other people. That's, Th- that's not what we yeah. don't have. You know, my mom and I don't have that. And, you know, he gave my mom child support and everything, but it, there was obviously he made more than she did. And so in my, you know, I had this just, I was so impressionable, obviously, as we all are. And I looked Mm -hmm. around and I heard my mom say, we can't afford that. And that was just Mm -hmm. what I took on. And so I I wanted to overcome those limiting thoughts because it is insecurity. And it's funny because money isn't going to fix it. Mm -hmm. I've gotten money before. It did not. When I I inherited money when I was 26 years old, it was Mm -hmm. like a little over $100,000. I was completely insecure about it. You know, Mm -hmm. I handled it in such a way that I thought, well, this is not enough money for me to buy something and guarantee that I will never have to work again. So, and I wanted to be an actor at the time and I wanted a free schedule for auditions, which I never got, Mm -hmm. but um, I got some, but rarely. Anyway, in my mind, before this all happened, it was just that the thought process was, well, I'll probably run out of money and then I'll be stuck with a mortgage and I'll be forced to get a, a, you know, a full-time job and I won't be able to act. And that was the insecurity playing out. And, right. and so, again, getting the money didn't fix the insecurity. And so I, you know, I've, because I've dealt with this for so long, it's just been this journey that I've been on for the past three years to change the way I think. And it's funny because that, that mantra that you just said, if somebody starts saying that, they may not believe it. Because that's what I was doing. I was saying things to myself that I didn't necessarily believe, but I would say it with conviction. And mm-hmm. at some point, and then you think it and you do like a little relaxation and you think it and you visualize it and you see it and blah, blah, blah. And eventually what winds up happening is your, the way your thoughts work, they start changing. And right. you, can, you can actually convince yourself of something that, you know, if you can convince yourself that you never win contests you can convince yourself that you can win contests or whatever it is, you know, I don't win contests. I never make a certain amount of money, whatever it is, you can do it. It's like you've formed a groove in your brain and all you have to do is go form a new groove. And it's not so easy, but you can do it. No, no, no. I was just gonna say, it's not so easy, but, but it can be done. Absolutely. I agree with you. And you remember once years ago, you and I were having a conversation about, uh, about relationships. This was pre Bob Seska. <laughs> and, um, uh, maybe you already knew Bob then. I don't remember, but, um, you were like, you had sort of started a, a semi dalliance with somebody else and he turned out to be kind of a jerk. And we were talking about m- men who are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> so it must've been pre Bob Seska. Yes, it was. Um, Cause but, there was no dalliance, um, but, with but him. you were like, well, you know, we were talking about why is this always, does it always end this way? Yeah. And you know, we, cause you and I were sort of setting ourselves up and we yeah. even had the discussion at the time that we just sort of had to develop a new mindset. And I think, I mean, this was probably, let me see Silas was, this was probably 10 or 12 years ago because mm-hmm. Silas was a baby. 
So, because um, I was sitting in the, a townhouse when we were having the discussion. I remember it so clearly. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, you because you were still living in Northern California at the yeah. time. But I remember we talked about even that, that at the time just in terms of relationships. It was like, relationships never work out for me. I'm really bad at this. Why do I always pick the same guy? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and we both did it. Mm -hmm. You know, we were both saying it. And mm -hmm. I thought, and, and we were both like, well, maybe we shouldn't set ourselves up that way. Yeah. You know, that maybe we can find a way to change it. And I think probably within a few years you had met Bob. Yeah. And what's funny is that I, I was probably talking about this one. I think I might know who you're talking about, but, yeah. um, and then I met this other guy. Okay. So there, so there was guy A, and guy A mm -hmm. kind of pissed me off, but he was more my friend than anything else. But it was mm -hmm. long distance. So then I meet this other guy. Let's just call him Dick. And um, <laughs> Dick had an anger problem and told mm -hmm. me immediately, you know, that he like he was also long distance. And I met him on Facebook and he said to me, uh, like in our first conversation, he goes, well, I used to have an anger problem, but I've overcome it. And that's like red flag, red flag. But I was like, I believe you. I trust you, uh, even though I don't know you. So, although I did kind of think, hmm, <laughs> did you really? And so, uh, as our relationship progressed, it became very clear to me that he thought he had overcome his anger problem because he had not had a girlfriend in this, in this whatever time frame. And mm -hmm. so, he was raised by an abusive, angry father. And as soon as I came into the picture... It didn't take long for his anger to start coming out. And there was this one time, I mean, I don't know, but I think it was like September when we started talking. I met him once in person. Most of our relationship was on the phone. And so it was in December. And I, I think, I can't remember what it was, but he said something to me and I kind of didn't like it. And I made it clear. And oh my God, the way he yelled at me, I've never been yelled at by anyone like that I've never I mean I, men and I, I you know I've had fights with men and they've yelled mm -hmm. at me and I've yelled at them I never felt afraid around them I never felt that because they raised their voice that I was in any danger this guy mm -hmm. I I felt afraid of him on the phone and mm -hmm. I just thought Jesus Christ if I was with him right now I feel like he would have hurt me and so right. obviously it ended and at that point this was 2012 I remember I was so grateful because for the first time in my life, I just didn't give a shit anymore. I wasn't like, when am I going to meet someone? I didn't care. I, did, I wasn't against it. But I just was like, I don't care. I don't mm -hmm. care. So I had a two and a half year period of not caring. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was so important for me because up until then, the mindset that I had was, I'm unlucky. No one ever loves me. I can't find anybody. And, you know, and it was just endless loop of negative thoughts. And so when I no longer gave a shit, those thoughts went away. And I, that pattern of thinking that way went away. And mm -hmm. so it was, you know, it was so funny to me how that worked. And then the craziest part of all of it is up in, you know, I mean, I, in my thirties, I was always saying that I wanted to meet, I, I would say something like, well, if I ever get a boyfriend, he can't have a sense of smell. And it's just because I wear self-tanner especially in Los mm -hmm. Angeles, I wore it year round and it's kind of stinky, mm -hmm. especially if like you're sweating or hot under the covers. And so I just thought, well, it would be better if, you know, if 
because I wear it all the time. And fucking Bob doesn't have a sense of smell. <laughs> you manifested him. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, I know. It's just Be crazy. Be careful what you Exactly. Wish for. And I, I mean, I guess it's okay. I sometimes I'm bummed that he doesn't have a sense of smell because if I like my perfume or something, but it's like over. And I don't. Of course, now I only wear it in the summer, and I pretty much only put it on once a week because I fucking hate it but um, mm-hmm. anyway all right you know we have to take a quick break but we will be back after this message hey this is Kimberly if you're not already my patron just visit patreon.com slash start me up you can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show thank you so much all right we're back um, all right so first of all I'm gonna get a little bit too uh, okay let me see what time it is I want to get to a little bit of politics so there's so many things going on right now. First of all, we found out today that Trump discussed striking North Korea with nuclear weapons and then blaming another country. Does that even surprise you? No. Nothing, nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises me. I, I, honestly, if you basically told me that he'd actually attacked North right. Korea and then tried to blame us, I would not. I would be like, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it totally tracks. <laughs> and then, okay, so now we know Mayor Garland has appointed a special counsel. It's this guy, mm-hmm. Robert Herr. He's from Maryland to investigate the handling of classified documents found in Biden's office, which we all know is nothing in comparison to, you know, what Trump is going through uh, or the, the classified doc- documents with Trump. And so I'm trying to find it here. But I, I saw that Trump was completely freaking out over on Truth Social um, just because of this. I, I think we're going to start seeing indictments. I don't know when. It might take until March or June or whatever. But OK, so we've got Donald Trump screaming the special prosecutor, which is in quotes, assigned to get the. OK, wait, I, I love this. Assigned to get that in quotes, get Trump case. Uh, Jack Smith, and then he puts a question mark in parentheses. What the fuck? Um, is a Trump-hating thug whose mm-hmm. wife is a serial and open Trump hater. And so he's just going on and, you know, the boxes scam is a hoax and X blah, 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 blah. So, okay, we've got this whole Biden situation. And I think I, I, I read a meme that kind of compared it to library books that you forgot. Oh, oh my God, I forgot about the library books. It's totally like apples to oranges with what, you know, Biden did and what Trump did. Mm-hmm. But this all said, um, I think there's going to be indictment soon. I think it's taken too long, but I ask everybody this and I'm just curious what you think. A, do you think there's going to be indictments? And then beyond indictments, my thought is that where we're likely going to get disappointed is sentencing. But, how do you feel about all of this? And what do you think of Jack Smith? Um, I don't have any opinions about Jack Smith at this point. I've heard, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time concentrating on on him in particular. Mm-hmm. I do feel there will be indictments. I don't know if Trump will be among them. I believe that uh, Weisselberg will get probably... Well, actually, Weisselberg is cooperating. He I got mean, five months. They sentenced him for five months. Oh, did they already sentence him? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll yeah. see. But I think that also um, all the people that he's named will, have not yet been, uh, you know, there are a lot of indictments that are still outstanding. Mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm hearing from some people, but not from others. I mean, that people contradicted that there are actually sealed indictments, hmm. not against, but I don't think there's going to be a, I, I have no faith that Trump will be indicted or he might be indicted for something, but it'll be like a slap on the wrist. Hmm. 
Um, I just, um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith. I, I don't have a lot of faith in Merrick Garland. I don't have a lot of faith in our current Justice Department, and especially now that the House is, uh, the House has gone Republican mm -hmm. sort of ish. I don't know what the hell those people are doing in, <laughs> in the House of Representatives at this point. Um, I, you know, I, but I also feel. I mean, I've also kind of heard peripherally that around the January 6th investigation that actually certain members of Congress should be looking over their shoulders. Yeah. Um, so w with that, I mean, if certain members of Congress are indicted, what does that do to the balance in the House yeah. of Representatives? Uh -huh. um, this is going to be very, this is this next, uh, between now and uh, election year, this is going to be a really interesting time because oh, uh things could be really we stand the chance i mean you saw the chaos that just mm -hmm. unraveled over kevin mccarthy mm -hmm. uh, and he what god knows we only suspect probably the very top layer of what he's given mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. just so that he could have the speakership yeah the job the job he's always wanted that, right. ne that he never got yeah so um who knows what that means in terms of government yeah. or any kind of governance. I don't have any faith that anything that Kevin McCarthy's strong enough to put anything together no. and get, get it. I through. don't either. I mean, I, I could see Trump getting indicted and I, I feel kind of like you do. I mean, we saw this attempted coup in Brazil and the immediate action taken. It's been two years now and top tier people have not, I mean, obviously we've seen a lot of arrests you know, in regards to one six, but not the top tier people. And that's mm -hmm. why people don't have faith. And it's totally understandable. I do, though, believe I think there's a good. Ch I mean, I, I agree with you and that we're going to see a lot of the top tier people getting indicted. And I think there is a I think there's a decent chance that we will see Trump get indicted. But I don't know. And then, like I said, for me, I think the big disappointment will come with the sentence and sentencing because it's going to be left to one judge. And that right. judge is going to make that decision. And we have no idea who that judge is and who appointed them and, you know, what they're thinking. Obviously, that's going to be very – it's going to be difficult for a judge if he were to be prosecuted. If Trump was prosecuted, then he'd have to figure out. You know, if, if, if this judge, let's just say this judge says, yes, I want you to spend time in jail, then, you know, I mean, there's the whole thing of the Secret Service, which I've said this before, but Jody Hamilton has basically said all you have to do is basically, you know, get get uh, prison guards up to speed with Secret Service, you know, get them whatever mm -hmm. credentials that they need, and then that they could just do that. But um, I would assume it would be more like house arrest. And if, mm -hmm. Trump, if Trump is having to spend the rest of his life in Mar-a-Lago Mar with a computer, is that really a punishment? <laughs> I mean, I well, know. I mean, here's the thing. One thing that a conviction would absolutely do, hopefully, is it would bar him from, from yes. running again. Yeah. And that's – listen, he's going to cause chaos no matter where he goes. He's yeah. just – basically, everyone's just filed his teeth to a fine, sharp point now yeah. with this whole – with him being president, mm -hmm. having been president. So we're not going to get rid of – until – as long as he's sucking breath on the planet, mm -hmm. he's just going to be a, a, a source of chaos everywhere. Yeah. Um, but the big government-sanctioned uh, chaos that he was when he was in the White House – 
hopefully that's over. I mean, it's interesting because now instead of this big gigantic tornado, you see all these little dust devils and the Mm -hmm. dust devil like Mm -hmm. in the House of Representatives, which I mean was, uh, if if it weren't for the fact that we rely on the House of Representatives to actually get shit done that benefits all of us, was fabulously entertaining to watch. (laughs) Yes. Um, It was just as a spectator sport, it was like, it was like, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, you, if you weren't popping popcorn and just watching <laughs> what was going on there, because it was not like we have a control over it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just, they have to, they had to hash it out. Just watching how they, it, that to me is a microcosm of what's going to happen yes. in any Republican dominated anything, whether yeah. it's the Senate, the House, the White House, the government in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going, they don't, they can't get anything done anymore. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. a, they're obstructionists on themselves now. Exactly. <laughs> so, and it I mean, is it's just good crazy. To see it's that, almost yeah. like a tiger eating its own tail. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going to happen at the end of all of this. I'm a little scared, but I'm also entertained. I don't know. I, well, I it's entertaining. And then there's just like this hope that all the people who have been paying attention, especially people who weren't paying attention a while back and who have like, oh, I better start paying attention now. It's like they're still paying attention, and I think that this is going to hurt them. I hope it's going to hurt them in 2024. You know, the idea is that Republicans are going to be so, they're going to obstruct, and they're going to be behaving like assholes. I mean, right now, Sarah Huckabee Sanders wanted to ban the word Latinx. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? Banning words now? Now you're the fucking word police? Unreal. (laughs) It's Especially like when she people. knows so few. Mm. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> when oh. you start banning those words, Sarah, <laughs> it's going to really cut into your vocabulary. <laughs> no, um, really. <laughs> but, you know, the part of, that kills me about all of this, too, is that you have, um, like, it used to be that everybody was a Trump like at least at the very least, you know, these people who were obstructing the House were call, considered themselves Trump loyalists. But even when Trump threw his backing behind Kevin McCarthy, mm-hmm. they didn't fall into line. Yeah. So now I'm beginning to, and that to me is a signal of something, but I'm not quite sure what at this point. Does this mean he's losing his he's losing his mojo? Mm-hmm. Does this mean that he doesn't have the kind of power? Yeah. I mean, you know, McConnell's basically backed managed to somehow find a way to back away from him Mm -hmm. uh as you know as much as anybody's been able to but i mean i see in all of this house has arrived of course mitch mcconnell's the the winner in all of that Mm -hmm. because he's the one now that holds all the power in Mm -hmm. terms of the republican party even though he's not you know he's not uh, the majority leader yeah yeah um so it's just i don't know I, I just it's crazy I don't know I don't know what's going to happen like I used to know I used to be able to sort of predict what would happen uh, you know cause, because this is how politics works mm-hmm. I don't know how politics works anymore yeah I know it's no changed clue. it's changed and uh, I think that it's funny because I'm see- I am seeing some people still complaining about democratic messaging and I think the democratic messaging has has improved quite a bit it's not to say that they're perfection or anything like that but i you know they they did catch on in 2022 and picked up on a lot of the stuff that was important whether it was um i mean obviously there was the economy and there was all that but 
the bigger picture, which was like anti-fascism and pro-democracy. And then, of course, the fact that women don't a lot of women don't have the right to an abortion in this country. Oh, my God. But this this is going to bring me to something. Okay, This is not something that's political, but it is. And I have to set you up with it. But um, so you get the full story, but it kind of affects it's like cultural politics. So I have to be really brief here. And on my on my patrons only show, I've talked about this. There is this um, (laughs) this YouTube channel that I I got sucked into probably early December. And it's this couple and it's 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 a couple that lives in the South. They live in North Carolina. And this girl, her name is Jessica and she does all these videos about home decor and recipes and you know just your day in the life vlog of of their life and you know they do different things they have an rv and they take trips so they're in their 30s and they call themselves well it's jessica and brian but they call each other bunky and the reason they do is because i guess he called her monkey and bunny and they came up with bunky so they each call each other bunky and they've got the y'all thing going and they're so not like me at all but Mm -hmm. i i just got kind of transfixed in watching and i've become kind of obsessed with watch and i've at this point now i've i've watched so many videos hundreds of hours of them and i i the funny thing is initially the like pulled me in was she would make these recipes and I'm not kidding you with like seven different kinds of cheeses Velveeta there was always like a thing of cream <laughs> what, what is it um, uh Philly craft cr- yeah. cream cheese there was cream like blocks of cream cheese and so mm-hmm. she's gonna put in a block of cream cheese and then a stick of butter and a whole bunch of Velveeta and then craft singles which not even cheese I mean all in one recipe and she would make every recipe was like this and it was it was like oh my god and so I just couldn't stop watching because it was like seriously how can people eat this way and then one thing leads to another and you know you just kind of get hooked so now the thing about her is she shops at Hobby Lobby and she eats at Chick-fil-a and so she's got the trappings of all of the Trump supporting shit I don't know that these two are Trump supporters in fact there is this um there is this thing, it's like Reddit, but it's called like bakery gossip or something like that. All It's this whole thing dedicated just to her. Everybody, and this is something that occurred to me before finding this site, but um, they all think the husband is gay. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I would not be surprised. And so, um, but they are best friends. You could tell that they're truly best friends. So I've been watching this, right? And I'm having fun and I watch it and whatever. And I critique it and I have my thoughts about it. Some are positive, some are negative. I've come to the conclusion that they they may not be political people, even though around their friends and family, they'll probably nod their heads like, you know, Democrats are horrible, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. But the thing is, this has led me now because she says, okay, this video that I'm doing is in collaboration with, you know, two other women who are basically doing the same kind of videos. And there is this whole fucking world of these women. Now, this girl, Jessica Bunky, like I said, she's little, she's, um, let's just say, how can I say this? She's for as much cheese as she eats I'm surprised she's not heavier than she is but you know she's a little chunky and said when they were kids they were both of them that they were fat kids and she said they both were and it's clear that their obsession is food I think that is their sex life I think food is their sex life and (laughs) um and so they're kind of like the dorky version of the rest of what's going on on and this is what I ultimately want to talk about 
there are these women on YouTube and they're clearly, you know, the, I don't know that they're all political, but they're all from that patriarchal family, you know, from patriarchy, patriarchal families. Husband is the breadwinner for the most part. And so the wife stays home and the wife is in shape. She looks kind of like a Fox News, you know, woman where she's got the perfect hair, the perfect nails and all of this. And so there are these like extreme clean videos where these women, they look beautiful and maybe maybe their hair is in a ponytail, but it's like full makeup. And then they got these fancy gloves and they got their cute little bucket with all their cleaning shit and they bring it into each room and then they like focus on themselves cleaning a toilet and cleaning the kitchen floor and this one woman got on the fucking countertops and is cleaning her cabinets she's like i like to do this every two weeks and i'm just like (laughs) i'm watching this and i'm like fuck i know this is not the majority of and there's and you get kind of sucked in right because they have Mm -hmm. nice homes and it's very satisfying to watch somebody cleaning something you know, especially when it's all done and it's all sparkly and pretty and it literally does make you want to go clean. It like has that effect where it's like, oh, I want to clean my kitchen now. I, I never do it, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have the urge. Girl. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of scary to me because, OK, so this is what I was thinking. And I don't know if you've seen anything else in the culture that is making you feel this way. But, you know, back in the 60s, there was the feminine mystique. And I can't remember her name, but the woman who wrote the book went around talking. Betty Friedan. What, what's her name? Betty Friedan. Thank you. Betty Friedan. She's interviewing all these women. And they're like, is this all there is? Cleaning the kitchen? Is this all there is? And now there's like a fucking army of them. Doing it, no man is making them make these videos. At least these women have money. They're making money if they've got a, you know, a nice following because they're making Mm -hmm. YouTube money. But it's like no one's pushing them into this. They are perpetuating this patriarchal lifestyle. And it's just, I mean, again, I know it's not the majority of people. And I don't have a problem with anybody who wants to be a housewife. You know, I've known women who have wanted that. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what feminism is all about. You get to mm-hmm. choose the life you want. But what they're perpetuating, though, is this whole thing that this is a woman's place in the right. home, cleaning and being the mom. And this well, is what should make us happy. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yes. Yeah. No. So what um, I I've seen a lot of that on because I tend to be more on TikTok than YouTube these days. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, unless, of course, it has to do with um, takeovers, you know, making over cakes. But um <laughs> Other than that, we'll talk about that at some, on some other show. But um, that's my obsession. Um, but uh, on TikTok, it's the same thing. And and but you and I have talked about this too. That white, particularly white women, we're mm-hmm. the secondary beneficiaries of white male patriarchy. Yes. And so it there is a certain uh, there is a certain cohort of women out there that is desperate to preserve white male you know white yes. male supremacy and mm-hmm. patriarchy because it we're the secondary beneficiaries of them it's like michelle wolf the comedian said you know sure we're oppressed but it's a very comfortable oppression <laughs> yeah, right. it's very hard to have an uprising you know from under a duvet you know <laughs> oh my god it's so true so it's a comfortable kind of oppression it's yeah. very air conditioned you know <laughs> so if you have to be i mean that's one of the reasons why it's so frustrating and why and i do believe it's changing which is one of the reasons why you also get on 
on TikTok, a lot of aggravated men who are like, why do women not need men anymore? Uh, well, right. because we're making our own money. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't have anything more to bring to the table, then the fact that, that you can support me, I can support myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, step it up, dude. And <laughs> men don't want to hear that because it really does mean they need to bring more to the table. Mm-hmm. But and so that those are the, those are the, the, the um, forces that are at work on patriarchy, but there are people, men and women alike, mostly of of the of the alabaster variety that are <laughs> desperate to preserve patriarchy because it benefits them. Alabaster. It benefits white men. It benefits white women. It yeah. also benefits men of color more yeah. than it benefits women of color. Yeah. And um. And I don't know that women of color really are beneficiaries of patriarchy no. in the same way that white women are. Absolutely not. No. I mean, I guess if you have, you know, a couple where th- they are of color, whatever, you know, the color, um, and the man is making money and the woman gets to stay home, obviously she's a bit, be- you know, she benefits from that. But um, I, you know, and, and, and not that I've gone looking for it, but I haven't seen any women of color making videos of no. themselves cleaning. No, and you probably won't because yeah. there's a lot of uh, there are uh, you know there's a lot of, of other things, other cultural and societal pressures on on women of color mm-hmm. and and how you know and they're in a dismal situation. Women of color mm-hmm. are, are struggling right now, mm-hmm. and yet they're the ones who save us in every freaking election. Yeah. We are not there for them. But the uh, you know the the thing about um, preserving white male, you know, I mean, I can say right now I'm the beneficiary of of patriarchy because the ease with which my father went from profession to profession to profession when mm-hmm. he wasn't particularly dedicated to any one and yet he basically failed upwards and I love my dad and he's a very talented writer but I mean he was he did not exactly you know he didn't get he didn't get a filmmaking degree from any university he just literally failed upwards and hmm. managed to land into a TV writing position that you know built a career for him but i'm the beneficiary of that i got the private school education out of that so did Mm -hmm. my sisters Mm -hmm. um but but it the willingness to risk that Mm -hmm. lifestyle and and you know the other thing that's crazy is that what a man has to make in Mm -hmm. order to support that Mm -hmm. is outrageous these days it's insane how much money you have to make in order to be able to have a woman stay home and not work and mm-hmm. not ha- be struggling to pay the bills mm-hmm. because you know like 70 74% of the, of women are co either co or sole breadwinners in their houses mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so it's like uh, now nowadays now, so yeah. you're right and so and the and the the other thing i just saw was i just saw a movie called fair uh what's it called i'm going to say fair oh don't fair play that's it. And it was actually uh, produced by uh, Gavin Newsom's wife. Hmm. And it's based on a book called Fair Play. And a woman basically set about to see, to do research into how much even working women have to do housework when they come home. Yeah. And obviously we all have heard the statistics that yeah. women are still carrying the home burdens yeah. and the burdens of the relationship and the burdens of, and also the burdens of also working outside the home and bringing home half the money. Yeah. So yeah. Even if they're working outside the home. So that is, you know, it's funny because when I was in the workforce back in the day, uh, I, I worked for this giftware company and my boss at the time I was probably 38 and my boss was maybe 27 and he was, oh God, I hated him. 
we hated each other. And hate is pretty much the perfect word. We hated each other. But he was what I like to describe as like one of those shiny, shiny, I don't want to call him. He was handsome, but not to me. But he mm-hmm. was, in a general sense, yes, he was a good-looking guy. But he's like the shiny L.A. type. He wasn't an actor. He was a sales dude. In fact, he grew up in Santa Clarita. So um, he was, and I know you know that. Not everybody does, but either way. Um, he made me so sick, but we were having a conversation once. And he was, I think he had a girlfriend at the time. But he talked about getting married. And he was saying, yeah, I fully expect my wife to have an, in, you know, like an income. That's the world now both have to work so even though i'm sure he had patriarchal tendencies he absolutely expected whoever he married to have a full-blown career Mm -hmm. so you know i mean that's obviously different but i you know this this it's so weird to me to watch these people so i mean and there is a difference with the bunky girl she doesn't give me the same vibe she i think she it's like she doesn't realize I don't want to be mean because I, I, I don't want to be mean, but it's like just from an observational kind of a thing. It's like she's like the dork. She's like the geek or whatever who wants to who thinks she's part of this group. And then she is part of the group because at this point she's got one hundred and twenty five thousand followers. And she and the other thing I've noticed about her, and I think this is interesting. And again, it's going into this patriarchal thing. She doesn't have the largest vocabulary especially when her husband is around and she'll say things to him like, am I saying that right? Is that right? What, what is it? What is it? And then when she's alone, all the $25 words come out and mm-hmm. she's not at a loss for them anymore. And she expresses herself. She likes to describe herself as a kid. And you could see why when you watch her, because she is, she's excited about fucking everything. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm so excited, you guys. I'm going to have a hot dog. I mean, whatever it is, she's excited about it. Just like a little kid would be excited about anything. And I think that's true to her nature. But I also think, I mean, she might play it up a little bit. But when she's alone, she comes across as a much more uh, pulled together, articulate, you know, kind of person. But when she's with, with Bunky... It's like she she's trying to make him feel not superior, maybe a little superior, but she's trying to make him feel like, you know, oh, you're like so smart and everything. And then the funny thing is, is he's really boring, right? She's she knows what she's doing. She's been blogging. I listened to this thing the other night. She's been blogging and doing this whole Internet thing since 2008. So she's gotten to a point now where she understands how you have to be on camera You can't have a lot of dead air. He doesn't. You know, she asks him a question. He'll go, well, and then he'll pause for five minutes. And and she gets. And so I've noticed what she does is she just literally will cut him off in the middle of a sentence and then go to another shot. And I don't know if he's paying attention to this. But the other thing, I watched this video last night and it was so funny because they were in Savannah, Georgia. And she had talked about how the camp, they had gotten a new camera. And so because they had gotten a new camera, they were trying to figure everything out so he's talking she asks him a question and here's what i think happened after i'll tell you what happened then my theory so she asks him a question and he goes well and then it's like the longest pause in the world and then when he starts talking it's like the slow motion so then in the editing process she writes ha 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 we didn't know that you know we were in slow motion for two minutes you know, I, I got a new camera and I'm still figuring it out. 
and it was only on him. And then it was a little bit more of his slow motion talk. And then everything went back to normal. And I honestly believe that he was boring. And she thought, how can I deal with this? So she basically mocked him, even though I genuinely believe they, you know, she cares about him and all that. I think that they're best friends. But she recognizes that he's boring. And so I think she pulled this whole thing as if, oh, the camera wasn't working. <laughs> but instead. weaponizing confidence. Yes. <laughs> and she's decided to feminize weaponizing Exactly. And I, I don't know if I'm, I have no idea if I'm right about this. For all I know, their camera didn't work. And this was just something she thought was funny. But I don't know. Because I, I feel like maybe there's a little, like, unconscious resentment. Maybe, you know? but you know, think about if we're going to go back to talk about women in the 50s and 60s, that kind of subterfuge is mm-hmm. how women survived. Mm-hmm. I mean, you because you couldn't just outwardly say, you know, dude, you're born, we're cutting, cutting, cutting <laughs> to something interesting. You know, if you're going to play that uh, demure kind mm-hmm. of deferring to your husband sort of thing then you can't just basically cut him out of the picture or say that he's bored, too boring to. <laughs> you have to basically... You have to do something. Yeah. Right. And so, and I think that a lot of times women use subterfuge, you know, found ways yes. to kind of get around their husbands or sneak yeah. out. But listen, I think I Love Lucy is one whole oh my dedication God. to that. Yes. How she gets around Ricky. How, you know, in all of his rules yes. uh, about the role that she's supposed to play and how she gets around that and tries to step out of that. That's all that I Love Lucy is. Yeah. And um, and people thought it was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And people thought, and then, I think the same thing is true of the Honeymooners. So mm-hmm. you get a lot of that in the Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. So it definitely was a cultural thing. She's mm-hmm. just playing the game as, mm-hmm. like a good old Southern girl would. She just playing the game the way that her mama taught her and her, you know, and her Mima taught her and all the, and you she, know, I think she calls that her that. Her. I think she calls her Mima. Of course she does because that's. <laughs> and it was so we, funny. We, we, we played this on Bob's show and I think I did talk about it on my patrons only, but I just did, have to share, I have to share this one recipe that she made because it was a two parter. And it was a crock pot thing. So she starts off with chicken. That's all fine and dandy. And she's like, okay, now I have, and she eyeballs everything she never measures. So I think it was supposed to be like a tablespoon of garlic powder. And I'm not kidding you. It looked like she put like three heaping tablespoons of garlic powder. It was so much garlic powder. I couldn't believe it. And then she was supposed to use like a Lipton's, you know, uh, dry packet of the mm-hmm. onion soup. She's like, well, y- y'all know I don't like onions. So instead she used a packet of of dry Italian dressing seasoning. So she put that in. And then whatever else seasonings. She puts in half, I think it was half a block of cream cheese, half a block of butter, and I don't know if she put the vel I don't know if she put Velvina in that one. She put in a two cups of heavy cream. And then that was the first part. And then it was three hours later, she added I think another kind of cheese. Uh and then those American slices. So that's not oh. even cheese. They don't even call it cheese. They call it yeah, slices. Cheese, they call it a cheese product. Is actually <laughs> what they call it on the, a cheese product. I don't even know what that means, but and we don't want to know. She's like, I'm going to add these because, you know, it'll make it extra creamy. And it's like, <laughs> oh, my God. How do they fucking – how are they alive eating like that? And it was like I brought – you know, Bob came out 
he always comes out around 10 o'clock and if I'm and you know I'm sitting there I call it my after dinner Twitter and I'm on I'm on just you YouTube or wherever I'm on the internet and I'm watching the bunky videos and I'm just like my mouth is a jar and I'm like you have to watch this and it's like watching Bob watch them is so fucking entertaining because he has a completely different approach than I do you know I have I have I have stuff in it that I like and I you know but he's he does not watch this on purpose like I do <laughs> it's not his thing so basically for Bob it's like a car accident just something you can't avoid that you have to just drive past again <laughs> but and it's like you know it's so funny because I've I, I've thought so much I'm gonna end this here but I've thought so much about these people because I don't hate them obviously don't I don't know where they stand and and if you know maybe she is a Trump supporter I don't know but I feel like, you know, I watch them and even though I would not hang out with them no matter what, they're not my kind of people. I, I, I just I feel like they're just two people trying to get along in the world and do their thing. You know, they like go camping and they've got their dog and they've, you know, they've got their happy little life. And, you know, I if they vote the way they vote, I know hurts people. Um, but I, I don't think that they're trying to hurt people. I think they're right. just trying to live their life. And we are such a divided country now. And I think about that when I watch them because I wonder about them all the time. You know, it's, it's like this sociological kind of a thing where you're like studying a group that is unlike you. So right. there's part of it that I get a certain amount of personal You're an status yes exactly <laughs> You're I'm studying the bunkies I'm studying the bunkies today we observe the bunkies doing <laughs> but you know but you know here's the thing about it is I would be willing to bet that you know all the people that we talk about not voting in election are probably bunkies yes they're I, probably I would, bunky yes. or bunky you know bunky adjacent because <laughs> because if they're not political and if they're not speaking well they they could just be keeping their politics right. themselves because that's who they are but they also might very well just be not involved in politics there yeah. are as we know uh, half the country there's a yeah. huge chunk of the population we mm -hmm. can't activate and um maybe if they realize that they're not voting hurts people as well as voting mm -hmm. you know the other way hurts people mm -hmm. they might but they don't know that because they were never taught that no so and i'm sure know, their parents i'm sure their parents her parents are trump supporters i've seen them so I okay. would not be surprised. And so I would imagine, like, for instance, before I became politically really engaged, my mom was always political. And I would listen mm -hmm. to my mom and I would agree along with her and I would, you know, and I would assume what she was saying was accurate and all of that. And I and I and, and she was accurate, unlike I'm sure Bunky's parents are not so accurate. But I believe it's the same relationship if if they don't vote where you know the parents are complaining about the libtards and whatever and then you know mm -hmm. i'm sure bunky sit there and go yeah those libtards but they're not really thinking about it they're just like right. oh, when are we gonna eat every time they just tune out craft <laughs> american cheese <laughs> cheese product <laughs> oh my god y'all know how much i love cheese and i mean it's just so funny because she'll even say that and it's just at least she has an awareness of, of that and she admits 
that it's not healthy. It's not like she's fooling herself or anything. So, I mean, at least I'll give them that. And one of these days, I imagine I'll lose interest, but I'm in it right now. And I'm just like having this fun time. Like, oh, I can't wait I to go a, watch the next good one. Good mental vacation. <laughs> good mental vacation. Oh, good my you. God. Good All right. It's the other lifestyle. Yes, the other way of living. All right, it's time for us to go. We both have jobs that we have to get to. So um, I know. I, and that's good. It's great that we both have jobs. So I think, it like, is. you know, in 2020, you didn't have a job. I didn't. I had this, but I didn't have a job job. And now we both have jobs, and we're making more money. And so we are working women, and we're awesome. So. Yeah. <laughs> we can support ourselves. We don't need anybody to support. <laughs> okay, now, I know that in the Patreon description of the show, I am including your link tree, mm-hmm. and I am going to link it to the description that's going to go out in all of the other platforms, but mm-hmm. just tell everybody where you want them to go right now, whether it's your, you know, your link tree or your wherever, and well, that's all you need yeah, to I mean, do. Yeah, I don't really, I, I actually deactivated my, um, my Twitter account because um, I just am never on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, I'm uh, Amanda Dot Sowards on Facebook. I think I'm uh, at Amanda Sowards on Facebook. Okay. Um, and then I'm uh, uh, Amanda Sowards forty two on TikTok. I think is my other. I don't. I don't know because I don't ever like look for myself. <laughs> just I open TikTok and there I am. Uh, it's just genius. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, Amanda Sowards. Uh, view profile. Hold on. Uh, yeah, Amanda. No, it's just uh, Amanda Sour is all one word on TikTok, and then yeah, it's all in the link tree. And um, uh, yeah, so there you go. That's I, that's why I created the link tree, and I, I deactivated my Twitter account because I was never there. And also, I just Elon. I can't with, yeah, the, I know. with the Elon Musk thing. I know. The e- fuck Elon. He's such a jerk. I'm just gonna say this real quick, Christopher. For those of you who know or don't know. Christopher Boozy just posted, I think it was yesterday or the day before, what his new site Spoutable looks like, and it looks just like fucking Twitter. I knew, and I said, if anybody is going to create Twitter 2.0, it's going to be Christopher Boozy. So I will be joining that site as soon as it comes out. And I said this the other day. I'm going to say it one more time. I don't know about the site that I have been talking about because glitches have come up, blah, blah, blah. I'm not interested in going any further. That's all I know. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter still at Author Kimberly. I'm also on post at Author Kimberly, but I don't do much over there. Um, And then, of course, all my books are on Amazon. My link tree is also available to all of you. Amanda, it's always good to talk to you. I can still keep talking forever, but we have to work. (laughs) I know. We do have to work. Go back to work. (laughs) Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.